This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Suno India show. Indian diaspora is the largest in the world. There are more than 18 million people from India living abroad. A recent report from the United Nations said our laws for people who migrate abroad are outdated. The last act was legislated in 1983 before globalization. This monsoon session of the parliament, the central government is expected to table the immigration bill 2021. It is a important bill because we are going to help our migrants who are leaving the country and the existing act that what is called the immigration act which was written several years back so it was written with the mindset of 19th century and it was practiced in 21st century so in that context the immigration bill is a welcome uh, idea from the government this is professor s rudeyrajan who has conducted many research studies on migration for the center for development studies tiruvananthapuram the law before the 1983 one was made during the british colonial rule in 1922 hello i am jason g reporting for this episode of the suno india show i will be discussing the different aspects related to this bill and the departure it makes from the previous laws concerning immigrants i spoke to professor s rudeyrajan an expert in this issue and senior journalist jayanth jacob who have been following the issue of immigration for decades in 1983 when the law was formulated there were drastic changes in the socio economic fabric of the indian society globalization and the opening up of the economy helped more indians move abroad for economic reasons a major chunk of these were unskilled laborers who were attracted by the lucrative wages offered at gulf countries south indian states of andhra pradesh kerala tamil nadu and the sikh dominated punjab were the major benefactors of this boom 1983 since then a lot of things have changed and mostly this bill was aimed only at our blue collar workers especially the workers who were going to gulf countries so that was the crux of the bill those days then what happened over the period of time that don't turn or everything about immigration has changed the people the kind of people immigrating the kind of destination they were traveling to but the boom in the information technology particularly opened up much more opportunities for the educated youth in the country the silicon valley and a number of software related companies around the world attracted the enterprising indian youth this made a new wave in the history of immigration from india as the new trends picked up momentum the 1983 act on immigration became automatically obsolete it necessitated the promulgation of a better law which is capable of accommodating the modern day challenges faced by the immigrants a new law has been in the making since the congress led united progressive front government was in power in the first decade of 2000 so the governments have uh, various governments have been thinking about it for example in the ups time also there were various efforts at uh, getting this bill amended or bring in a new systems in place to streamline the immigration process and bring it more accountable 
help the people who are traveling out. But the thing is that somehow everything got stuck. For example, UPS time, I remember at least three ministers tried to push it through, but nothing happened. NDS time also, Madhendra Modi government first time. Also, there were efforts to make this bill happen, but uh, due to various reasons, because it is a long process, it involves a lot of people, a lot of stakeholders, because oh, some of these recruitment agencies are also powerful and there are various interests. And also, one another reason was that in the changing tenor of uh, immigration internationally, most of the countries have become very closed and the kind of people we are sending also changed over a period of time. So due to various reasons, I think this got stuck. The NDA government came up with a draft immigration bill in 2019, aiming at managing the immigration from the country. The draft bill, without much changes, renamed as the Immigration Bill 2021 and expected to be taken up at the ongoing monsoon session of the parliament. Kerala-based Professor Irudhay Rajan happened to be a committee member in the initial stages of the preparation of the immigration policy and felt that the bill is the need of the hour. The most important aspect is the removal of passport system. One of the good thing which I, I, I believe, in fact, I was also telling them the government for almost uh, 15 years is that removal of two passport system in the country. Because now Indian passports are divided into ECR passport and ECNR passport. Immigration clearance required and not required. Nowhere in the world, nowhere in the world that we have two passports. So this has to be abolished. I was telling them and it will be abolished. There will be no more two passport. Everybody has to go through the registration, not only the ECR fellows. He is of the opinion that the policy distinguishes between Indians who are educated well and those who are not. The educated workers have less red tape to cross as they could get the ECNR passport. Those who were not as educated, that is not matriculate, had to be cleared by the Protector of Immigrants or POE to migrate for work. Non-matriculate people can only get an easier passport. The process, however, is a product of a different time, said Professor Rudey Rajan. As you know, in 1970s, we used to say NRIs are non-required Indians. That time, primarily, we were focusing only about people who were migrating to Gulf countries. Because a lot of Indians, still, a lot of Indian workers travel to Gulf for jobs, especially our blue-collar workers. So the primary objective of that bill was to streamline those processes. So mostly people having two kinds of passport, people who are not so educated traveling, and you have to help them kind of a thing. Because technically, there is no reason why we should be giving two kinds of passports to our own citizens, because they all are Indian citizens, and getting a passport is everybody's fundamental right. The POE is empowered to reject any application on the ground that the terms and conditions proposed in the employment contract were in violation of norms of human dignity and decency. This highly paternalistic narrative in creation of the POE post is a product of colonial rule, said Professor Rudey Rajan. The new bill removes this post itself. The second thing, the abolition of the post of protector of immigrants. You know, the protector of immigrants will be abolished, which also I was telling them, the immigrants are in the, outside the country. For example, immigrants are in where? Dubai, Qatar, Bahrain, America, you know, Russia. 
but the protector supposed to be with them but protector sitting in kochi how he how he uh, immigrant he will protect the immigrants so there is a post created by the british india you should abolish the post so i think that both i am very very pleased okay jain explains the system under the new bill so in the new bill it is a three tier institutional framework that has been proposed one is that there is a central immigration management authority which is called the ema that is a central immigration management authority so the, that body is tasked with uh, policy guidance supervision etc then there comes a middle range that is a bureau of immigration policy and planning and the bureau of immigration administration and these two bodies fundamentally handle day to day affairs and the ema will be the policy level body and which comes under the oversight of ministry of external affairs so that is how it is for example these two bureaus will be coordinating the operational matters welfare of immigrants their day to day issues etc so then at the bottom of the pyramid there is also this nodal authorities in states so fundamentally what has changed is that it now it has become a three tier system so you have one oversight body which is a ministry then there is a body which is looking at the larger policy issues then there is a body which is looking at the day to day affairs of migration people's welfare and they will be dealing with the states and the union territories when it comes to matters of migration and welfare of employees etc jain said that the stronger provisions related to recruitment agencies may help provide protection to the aspiring immigrants yeah this problem of recruitment agency they behaving badly or dumping people so it's like this for example they promise something to a worker here when he lands in a country he realizes that uh, he is not getting any of these promises or his passport is taken away the indian workers used to undergo a lot of these things over a period of time there has been certain changes it's not that there has been any change been any change but the thing is that to make it streamline you need the protection and the framework of a law i think this law is an attempt to that so over a period of time if you look at some recent things also there are a lot of cases you hear like how recruitment agencies are duping the workers how they are cheated them etc etc so i think when you have a legal framework a law which has the backing of a parliament passed law i think it will be easier from a legal point of view or a framework to deal with these agencies who are cheating the workers who are not delivering what they have promised to the Uh, workers and also there used to be a lot of scams like we often hear stories about people are taken to, uh, for a ride like they are charged 2 lakh rupees 3 lakh rupees whatever then these recruitment agencies disappear they are mostly are fly by night operators but i think once there is a legal framework in place most of these issues can be addressed to a great uh, it was there no it was there in the, in the existing act yeah it was there but it was there but the point with that is that like it, there was a lot of gray areas so the thing is that now you have a stronger process and stronger provisions etc jayant and professor irde rajan pointed to some blind spots in the bill the bill excludes categories of people who should ideally be under its purview one of them is that it overlooks the population of students that travel abroad this is professor irde rajan we have to have a larger debate on how to include student migration that is something very very important because students are occupying a major position in current debate on migration because what we are talking the bill is talking about emigrating for employment agreed 
But there are people emigrating for studies and then they will convert themselves as employers. For example, if you go to UK, there are 30 to 40 percent Indians who are currently working as workers went earlier as students. So I think, so we have to create a separate category of student and we should have a very big debate on how to organize our Indian students in many countries. We have students in Russia, students in America, students even in Gulf countries. So I think this is something we have to do. That is one, we need some improvement. Many universities come to Chennai, Delhi, they call educational festival. They come to the hotel and tell them about this college. My university has these courses. So they are recruiting our Indian students through the festivals. We call them educational feast. It happens in Chennai, it happens in Delhi, in the big hotel. Our students will go and attend to them and they will say, you come to our university, we have a new, new course. If you come there, you study, you know, like that. So they also should be in the purview of recruiting our students. Professor Rudeirajan also pointed to another category of people overlooked by the bill. The exclusion of these categories leads to not just undercounting of immigrants, but exclusion from policy decisions. Another one is, you know, adding the families who are accompanying them. About immigration bill will talk about only immigrants. But then many times the immigrants are accompanied by their wives, their children, their parents, their uncle and auntie, and including servants. So I think we should think some such a way that how to include them too. For example, when the when the COVID came, people who are stranded throughout the world were not just migrants, their family members their children, we know that, the pregnant women. So I think we have to somehow bring in the immigration bill with a category of accompanied person, like the refugees. We are accompanied, like you are migrant, because you are working as a journalist in America, you might take your family, like our ambassador is taking the family. So ambassador is immigrating as an ambassador, but his family also goes, am I right? So they should be part of the bill somehow to include them. Welfare of immigrant laborers should extend over and above providing seamless exit to another country for other countries, these experts say. Jane said that there should be a thrust in the new law for the pre-departure orientation and skill training for equipping the immigrants to take up the challenges abroad. So I don't think that is going to make any difference. But the point is that like there have been systems in place which try to make immigration a seamless process, orientation, coaching, skilling, etc. So I think more focus should be done on other things like skilling of people. For example, now you know the countries like Philippines or Bangladesh are sending in a lot of unskilled workers or semi-skilled workers, etc. But most of them are better trained than us. For example, simple things like uh, maids. So like, for example, maids coming from Philippines, they are better equipped with handling like uh, all these modern kitchen equipments or a microwave oven or advanced refrigerators, etc. Where we, use, we, we are still lagging behind. I think effort should be more on training people, finding them jobs, getting them more, making them more employable. Similarly, James feels that the state governments need to do more in this regard, especially when it comes to the retaining migrants. This will be a hard balance considering most of the labor population within the country have scanned social security systems in place. There has been certain measures like insurance when they return certain facilities. Some states do it. For example, Kerala has certain schemes and easy loans and things like that. The problem is that, like, for example, since we are talking about Kerala, one of the large states which sends maximum migrants out. So, for example, in this pandemic alone, around 13 lakh people came back from Kerala. 
so the point is that how much you can help them of course it's a humanitarian situation they kept your economy going all that is facts but the point is that how much you can go and how much you can protect this particular law doesn't take all of that into account but the problem is that i don't think a country like india which sends so many people abroad every returnee giving some kind of a welfare mission unless certain states take the lead and do something it is not possible because most of these people go on private jobs and they come back so that is how it is i think if you do this the problem with a country like india is that we don't even have a social security system even for our own people which is well oil like there are certain schemes like pf or uh, some insurance schemes etc but a country like such as india such big country as india which doesn't even have a social security system for the existing labor force in india when we talk about people coming from outside getting it i don't think it will be an easy situation to manage professor irudayarajan puts this differently he says that we cannot look at a person migrating outside the country in isolation it is a life cycle right from applying for a passport to going abroad for work to retaining should be considered as part of the immigration process this insight is important when we think of a policy for immigrants migration is a life cycle you see migration is a life you know people you know starting from your passport taking you know people apply for the passport then apply to go to the agent then you know get some training and then get go you know like so there is a there is a preparatory work before migration and then they prepare to go then they are working in the gulf countries or america anywhere they can go and work but some of them will return so return is part of migration cycle when they return back we should also talk about rehabilitation remigration uh, you know reintegration and policies program for that immigration bill should take the state government into account and they should not pass all the problems of remigration reintegration everything to the state without giving some financial judgment i think we have to give them some finance and this responsibility falls squarely on the center while the bill doesn't still look at the issues of immigrants holistically experts say it is a welcome move the immigration bill does accommodate the realities of indian immigrants and is more inclusive Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.